Financial Matters. Good evening, Gerald, and uh, thank you for joining us this evening. Um, it's always great chatting to you. I know we don't talk, talk all that often, uh, but it's great chatting this evening. No, it's always a pleasure, and good evening to all your listeners. Awesome stuff, man. Gerald, as I was saying, I've, I've, I'm feeling extremely schizophrenic at the moment, um, and I think that a lot of the listeners would be able to resonate with that feeling. I think a lot of the listeners would be able to... Um, you know, understand why one would feel that way. And uh, let, let me just briefly uh, tell you why. At the moment, I felt mm-hmm. that, you know, prior to all of this nonsense, despite COVID-19, uh, despite all the difficulties that we're facing, um, you know, there were opportunities and there were new challenges that I was seeking, um, big and small. And now I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the situation and I'm thinking, is there even an economy left after this? Is it still worth pursuing those dreams and those ideas after all of this stuff? Well, definitely. I think what you're, what you're going through is, is are questions which a lot of people are asking themselves because there was a sense of normality or at least recovery um, coming through. And this has almost winded everybody into asking that question in terms of saying, um, what next? Um, however, we need to realize that um, we try and look for the positives. And the one positive is that it's not the whole of South Africa that's burning. Um, it's, it's localized and it's very much very intense in those local areas. So there is a vast amount of South Africa which has been peaceful um, and a vast amount of South Africa which totally is against um, the, what's been going on. So Perhaps let's start there and say, look, um, it's been localized in two provinces and it does not represent the will um, or the behavior of an entire nation. I get you. And and what my concern, though, is in as much as it's localized, it's largely two provinces where we've seen this type of mayhem. Uh, my, my biggest worry is it's two of the most populous provinces that we have in the country. Number one. Number two, um, the other big issue of concern for me um, is obviously the fact that this is the both these provinces to some extent are, are financial hubs. At least Gauteng is sort of the major financial hub, and and KZN is sitting somewhere in in probably third place or so. Um, and on that very basis, I mean, these are very important strategic areas for the economy of this country. But second to that, the conversations that we've been having around why this is happening is largely to do with the prevailing in, you know, economic inequality and the poverty and all of those other things. And, and those, there doesn't seem to be an immediate solution to those problems. So what if this spark could be ignited yet again because of you know, maybe this time around it's not a former president going to jail, but it's something altogether different? I think, yes, those are the, those are the real red lights. Um, I think you know, I've had a lot of queries as my financial planner some people who are now saying, you know what, um, this is it. Um, they're looking at further field. It's just too, it's too volatile. And I think, you know, if anything, I can only highlight the, so the, the seemingly lack of action and absence of um, law and order. And, and to me, you know, it's been almost like the day where you've seen zero action. You know, there's, there's, one, there's one case where you can say, you know, the police tried and they were overwhelmed. <laughs> in, in most instances, this has um, almost been almost walk in, walk out, and and, and no no efforts to try and contain the yeah. situation. Um, 
the, and and I think you know the the police have been almost had a, a, par- a paralysis and fear of almost of Americana occurring because you know where what happened to the riot squad you know they should be a specialized units to deal with the riots um they should have at least been at one place and doing something and you know tear gas water cannons you know um there's been zero 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 force and i think to me yes there to me is the real gap to say um, in normal policing, there is a, a team which deals with riots, and it's easy to get people out of a mall. You, you tear gas, and people will come out like they'll run out on their own, and mm. this means zero such action. And that's where I've had questions to say, look, um, are we that afraid of Americana that we've actually said it's better for people to do what they want? But um, there's been zero policing, and to be there lies the problem that if this is the case in the two populous provinces then it almost means that it can happen anywhere at any time um there i don't know i don't have all the answers but i think to from 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 a personal perspective that's been my biggest concern that there's zero riot preparedness in a country which is notorious for rioting (laughs) you know Mm. and um, where's the riot gear? Where's the guys who wear the, the, the where the batons? You know where they do the human shields and they do the Roman soldier thing. None of that. And to me, um, that's worrying. And where are all our police cars and policemen? Because we've looked like there's 20 police p- police people in South Africa. And when they went to arrest the former president, there was hundreds of police cars. What happened to all of them? It's that oh, yeah. and the fact that only now, you know, just before the show, we heard that uh, 25,000 SANDF members are going to be um, uh, deployed. And and my question is, where the heck have these guys been all along? You know what I mean? It's it's uh, my, my, uh, my immediate no. assumption was that they would be out and about and they would be working and doing what they're supposed to be doing. And only now 25,000 are being deployed. Look, there, there's a lot of questions which will need to be answered. Um, during the first lockdown, there was a high police uh, presence and visibility and military visibility. If we had the similar um, visibility um, and diverted resources from other provinces to these two problem provinces, this should have been done, dealt with in two, three days, and it hasn't. Um, the damage mm. to infrastructure is long term. Um, it will result in, in uh, unemployment and it will result in a higher tax burden on those who are employed. So I think, yes, for many people, these are extremely challenging times. And I do foresee that a lot of people who have the means, who have the resources, are going to take them to other places where they feel safer. Um, because we, we've, been, we've been paralyzed. I mean, now people are running out of food. And there's no end in sight in terms of the, the human hardship. But even if the violence should end, there's still going to be a month or two of um, disruption. So, you know, and, and, and I'm sorry to, to put this burden on you, Mr. G, and I know it's a bit much to ask on my behalf, but I mean, let's let's have this conversation where you try to convince me that once the kids go on school holiday, I'm not going to run off to home, home affairs, apply for their passports with the aim to, to exit South Africa, right? And, and where do these opportunities then, these financial and economic opportunities then lie based on the fact that as we're speaking right now, I mean, everything that you had listed really boils down to the state's failure in being able to handle the situation, maintain peace and security, 
um, and, and without peace and security, let's be quite frank and honest about that, um, South Africa's economy was crawling. My goodness, now it, 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 would, you know, it would barely be able to, 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 to drag itself on its belly. No, definitely. I think, you know, I, the opportunity would be in recovery. I think um, the, the, the nation needs to take a long, hard look at its governance and those who are governing it and their suitability to govern. <laughs> I think that's the only opportunity that Africa has to correct the wrongs um, through the ballot. And if those are not corrected, yes, I would say we're in a precarious situation. Um, I don't, I, it's very difficult to find positives in that you know, you can't say it's a positive to rebuild when you when you burnt something which was already up. You know, that's not really progress. Um, there will be opportunities in that um, the reconstruction efforts and the redesign of the country will create some opportunity, but we fear that they will go to the, the, the same usual suspects. But I, I would personally be saying, you know, um, there's been some a, a, a very, very glaring failure in terms of us being able to police ourselves. And in the past, we've seen it done very effectively and very well. And um, even if we go to the history of the nation um, with the inequality, um, which has always been there, and uh, the one thing South Africa used to be able to do was to police and control people uh, and their movement. And the one thing which we have failed in this instance is, is to, to show any measure. Um, I think also the moral conscience of the country is, is worrying that, you know, um, we've embraced lawlessness with um, with such ease. Um, you know, there's no uncomfortability in, in, in looting, in carrying an entire TV or a coffin and walking down the street. To My leave. goodness. No, there's, yeah. there, there, there's no, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. Oh, the cameras are watching me. There isn't. As I'm and, trying to fit a 58-inch TV into my little Toyota Corolla, and uh, and it's glad, you know, globally for everyone to see that I that I can't even manage to do that. But goodness knows, I went and I grabbed the TV that I didn't pay for. Also, and the visuals are even more worrying because it hasn't been a, a thing about poverty. Because some of the vehicles which are being used to loot are not um, a poor man's cars. Um, the buckies, um, double cabs, all sorts of vehicles being used in, 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 in commission of crime. And in some instances, people going on social media and boasting about how they have gone in inverted covenants shopping. So to me, I think that's, that's the real worry that do we still have a moral heartbeat and conscience um, where we value uh, another person's property? Because effectively, all that loot belongs to another person. And and there was no correction of any um, inequality being done. Um, it was simple lawlessness. Um, it's simple theft. And we, if you're uncomfortable um, stealing, then you're also, uh, if you won't be uncomfortable stealing, then possibly you won't be uncomfortable killing because um, you just don't care. And those who are, who, who are, mandated to protect us both from a moral perspective politically and from a moral perspective physically in terms of the, the policing and the army um, have simply watched. Um, I'm sorry, I, I, I really, it really hurts to see that because hmm. nations with far, far, far less resource than South Africa are able to control um, mass, um, mass activities better than we did. 
And to me, where's where's our specialized policing which deals with riots? I never saw anyone, any police officer wearing other than normal gear um, to deal with the crowd. And, and, uh, you know, just the other, uh, a few months ago, when people were rioting or were getting uncomfortable around collecting of the free gr- of the 350 rand grant, we saw water cannons and all sorts of things coming out. Where is exactly. all that equipment? None of it came out this time. So ultimately, I mean, Gerald, based within that context, um, we, you know, the rand. I, I heard that the rand lost four percent at least this morning. Had lost four percent. Um, back to 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 lower the, its its low levels in in April. I mean that's three months worth of gains mm, that mm, have just been wiped mm. clean. Um, I'm I'm thinking about the fact that obviously we I, I just listened to the conversation with Sazria, where between three and seven billion rands is um, estimated to have been lost. Sazria is saying that listen, if 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 we get to the thirty billion rand mark, then after that we can't pay a cent. You know, and and I would presume that would mean that Cesare would be completely out of pocket and that they would have to start again, right? Um, and, 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 not, and not taking into account the fact that Cesare, unfortunately, is also a state-owned enterprise, which means, you know, which means that this is uh, government money. So ultimately what I'm getting at really is as, as, a, as a financial advisor, as someone that is able to sit down with someone or as a financial expert, rather, if you're able to sit down with someone that's saying to you, Gerald, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to home affairs. I'm going to get those, those passports for the kids. I'm taking my money. I'm putting it somewhere else where it's safer and, and, and better. How do we then convince someone that there's opportunities and that there are green shoots and that you're able to still stay in this country, invest and actually make a gain and create a future for your family? I think, you know, the one positive from a, from someone convincing someone to 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 hang in is simply the fact that it's only four percent um other countries would not survive this kind of shock in terms of their reputation in, in terms of their their visibility <laughs> um we have a tremendous amount of goodwill as a nation in terms of investment and people from from the from the outside believing in South Africa. Um, there's a lot of big corporates who are sound. There's a lot of sound institutions which um, have kept this country afloat. So from a positive level, you know, this is not um, Zimbabwe, if you want to compare it to the, our nearest uh, neighbor. Um, because if this had happened in another country, that would be it, lights out and um, end of the country. <laughs> Let's all leave. I think we, we have a tremendous amount of goodwill as a nation. We have the potential to take this opportunity to correct um, uh, correct ourselves morally. And I think if we cannot uh, accept or our leaders cannot accept any wrongdoing here, um, both those who have been driving the, 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 the hidden hand and those who have failed to respond, then as a collective, I would definitely say, look, um, if you're looking at investing, um, hedge your bets. It's time for you to um, diversify your portfolio. Do not be invested only in one country. Um, you need to start looking uh, around. And I think a lot of people are asking questions around things like investment citizenship, for example, where they say, you know what, I can deal with South Africa. Exactly. My child, my child in 15, 20 years needs to walk into something else. And that's where a lot of people are saying, okay, if I do stay, I am going to invest in that investment property overseas, get a passport and citizenship, and wait and see. And the next time this happens, 
it's a one-way ticket out. And, and I, I would say, look, give the country one last chance. Um, we're all sitting here together, last chance saloon. Um, a lot of professionals uh, are able to say, look, um, the West has recovered. They're looking for skills. We're going. Um, in, and, and, yes, I think that's the biggest challenge that we're going to have, oh. a skills drain. I don't see anyone who has the skills, who's, whose skills are compatible and wanted in the rest of the world saying, I'm going to wait and see. Um, I think there is, we have punched a hole and it's starting a leak. If we do not patch it, um, then definitely this leak is going to, to, to actually deflate the whole country. But yes, the Western Cape has been strong and that's the, that's the financial center of South Africa if you really look at all you know, um, our dual system where the insurance is in Cape Town and banking is in Joburg. So mm. let's, let's, give, let's give it one last chance. But from, a, from an investment point of view, start hedging your bets, start looking elsewhere. And, you know, we've reached a point where even our neighboring countries, some of them look more stable in terms of being able to maintain law and order um, <clears throat> than us, um, regardless of politics. Very much so, and, and it's it, that's one of the biggest worrying things. You know, one of the things that also really gets to me is the fact that when I look at COVID-19, uh, let's start before COVID-19, of course, as you're well aware, uh, we went through at least nine years of not corruption, and I think people shouldn't mix two things up. Corruption has been there for, for since, let, let's go as far back as 1652, right? There's always been corruption, but the, the level of hollowing out of state resources, right? Nearly a trillion rands lost in a period of nine years. I don't think that South Africa has ever been through a process, uh, you know, anything like that before. Apart from that aspect then, Gerald, you're also faced with uh, the unfortunate situation of, of the country trying to basically rebuild its economy. Um, all kinds of promises being made and, and, and spending being made, but the money is just simply not there. And then we get clapped by this thing called COVID-19. Then we get clapped mm. by the looting that we're seeing mm. at the moment. So, so ultimately, my question is, in as much as you're telling us that this is last chance saloon that we've hit, how many more last chances do we have in this country? Because, you know, every single time, you know, analysts and people will say, we're about to hit the, the fiscal cliff. I'm wondering to myself, geez, guys, how many more Where fiscal <laughs> cliffs are we going to survive? No, I, I think we're at that cliff. There, there is no more after this. So when we count the cost of this, um, I don't see there being much more um, for us to look at. I remember, you know, when the rioting started, I said, if I was um, the CEO of the Republic, I would simply go to level five. Everyone stays at home and arrest anything that moves that's not at home. And... Um, and, for, and and then go door to door and recover the stolen items. To me, there has been the biggest gap that we are almost saying, what's done is done, but we'll do better. We can't. We need to show uh, a hand that we believe that things were stolen. So right now, <coughs> there's still that opportunity for the government or, or the president if it's listening to say, level five, Everyone stays at home, curfew, military, door to door. If you do not have receipts for the goods which look suspicious, you will be arrested. And even if it means we are going to build new prisons for this, we need to show that the rule of law exists. We can't have this thing of you loot, and as long as you're not caught, it's okay. And And that's a mess. That's a mess. That's, that's we, we, the biggest mess we have. That you mm. know, as long as your TV, whatever you've got, you've taken it. Insurance will pay for it. We recover. No, 
It's not Sasira's responsibility to fix things. It's law and order's responsibility to go door to door in those problem areas, take out those boxes, take out those goods, give them back to their rightful owners, show that we respect the rule of law. And that's the problem that um, in South Africa, it's almost an unwritten rule that if you don't get caught, it's okay. And it's happened right from the top and we're seeing it right at the bottom. And things start, need to start being turned back that even if you're a top person or right at the bottom, you are, when you get caught with your hands, you, something needs to happen. And if it means rather we build new prisons and employ people to build prisons, let's do that because it's going to instill confidence in us to say, okay, um, we mm. respect. But, uh, but the, general, the general view I'm getting is that um, we'd, rather people, we, we'd rather be peaceful now, but what you've taken, it's okay. No. Lockdown, yeah. level five, military, door to door. Let's get our things back. Let's quickly go to let's quickly go back to Phil in Waterkloof. I mean, in as much as what you're saying, um, you know, on a practical, pragmatic level, I guess I do agree with it. But you know, for me, the thing about it is where have we reached? How how far have we fallen? Where we have to basically have a system of scop and donor to get back our goods, you know, so that so that you you know you need to account for that. I don't know, KFC display screen that you have hung where there should be a big LCD TV, you know, or LED TV. It, 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 I find it absolutely shocking that we've reached those levels. Let's quickly go to Phil in Waterkloof. Good evening, Phil. Thanks for your patience. Hi, my, hi, my brother. Good evening. And to your learned guest, uh, Mr. G. You, you, you know, we are a quite a resilient country. Uh, we, we have shown that particular thing in, in dealing with issues of COVID. Well, you know, pre-COVID, the economy was down, uh, 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 and we were now recovering. We were at the last stage of the uh, disaster, which is recovery. But we have now seen that recovery alone needs to be played, uh, to be to be accompanied by by a rescue. This thing that has happened is what is called an organized uh, civil uh, disobedience. And uh, it, it, it used the the most vulnerable people, the unemployed, the uh, uh, people who are who are in a poverty-stricken you know, uh, situation, and the 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 the, the 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 issues of inequality. Now, in order to nip it in the bud and 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 reduce it, we need some collaborations, a model that seeks to collaborate the private security, the police, and the, the soldiers, so that the both of them should be at prevention, rather than private security being at reaction, police uh, uh, being at, 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 at the at the, at the yeah. uh, and, uh, prevention. Okay, so, so, so I'm going to ask you, uh, Phil, because I don't have much time with Mr. G, what is the overall point that you're making? The overall point of, 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 of that, that I'm making is that we, 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 we need to... to to come up to a model that a type of an economic foundation which which is less corruption but taking the whole society into what is called a moderately prosperous uh, 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 society like the Chinese with their Shia Ukang, Sheho, which is aiming at creating a moderately, no one should be that poor and okay. no one should be that extremely okay. rich. 
But sure. people should be in the, mod- in, the, in the moderation. Okay, that was full. I, I don't know if in a free market system, uh, people who have accumulated <laughs> their wealth would necessarily want to just give it up, um, you know, to uplift even the poorest of the poor. But at the very same time, Mr. G does raise a question of saying that, look, I mean, we, we, we need to call a thing a thing here. Unfortunately, we do have high levels of poverty. The people who are busy looting and even the areas that we're talking about, those hotspot areas, I was, I was making the point early on in the week. Let's be quite frank. Our former, inverted commas, white neighborhoods, affluent neighborhoods seem to be untouched by far and large by the situation. It's mostly black, previously disadvantaged communities where this type of nonsense has been happening. And a lot of people have been talking about the hunger of the people. And I think that does have a role to play, maybe not for uh, the, the, the fridges and the beds and the LCD TVs that mm. have been taken, but there is obviously an element of poverty mm. uh, playing mm. a role here. It's unemployed people going and looting. It's not people who are productively busy. Mm. It's unemployed people, etc., mm. etc. Et we can go, go through all that analysis. But the fact of the matter is, surely the state, the private sector, civil society, whoever else can play a role in this. We need to find a way to fix the situation. Mm. So how do we prioritize that while simultaneously saying to people, continue to invest in South Africa? I don't know, man. I think we reached that point. I really don't. We reached that point of that famous Time magazine cover which shows the golf course and the fancy houses and the shacks. Mm. The people in the shacks have always been looking through the fancy malls and wishing they had. And this was the opportunity to have. Mm. And they've taken it. And unfortunately, um, it will have consequences. Um, I pray that our leadership comes together, and I pray that as a nation we can we can we can recover. But from from a personal perspective, if anyone has young children, they are definitely thinking and saying, "Okay, um, if it was that easy this time round, what will stop it from happening again?" And I think that's the hardest. That is the biggest worry. Answer. If, 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 imagine if it's all provinces the next time, then what happens? So. We need to really find a way in, of, of restoring confidence in our law and order, restoring confidence in our leadership, and also addressing the inequality. We can't pretend it's not there. Um, because the people who are doing it are exactly saying, I've got nothing to lose. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. So, and I think that, that's, that's what we've seen. When people have nothing to lose, they, they're willing to do anything. I'm going to talk to you next about having your cake and eating it. Um, you, you know, you were mentioning something earlier on about uh, you know, uh, citizenship through investment or residency through investment. I know that there are a couple of global options. I'm not too sure whether the options that have been advertised are the ones that are super expensive and are meant for the, not the ultra-rich per se, but you know, you have a couple of million lying around in a bank account in savings mm. somewhere and you can quickly pop off and buy yourself a nice piece of property in the Caribbean and then, you know, boom, you are, you, you're, you're, you have two passports, a South African one and one from Trinidad and Tobago. I don't necessarily think that everyone necessarily falls within that category, um, but I'd really like to, to touch on that particular issue with you. Um, I see that there's one or two calls coming in, so, I, you know, before... Uh, but, 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 Gerald, let's go to that because I think um, okay. I'm just waiting for, think, I'm, I'm yeah. just waiting for Look, some of the calls to come of in, in terms of investment residence, it's not as expensive as you think. It starts as, as little as 100,000 US, um, which is almost one and a half million rand, mm. um, which is an average middle-class property which is paid up. You can pack your bag and be, be a new person in a new environment 
and start afresh. And for many professionals, that's the that's the hollow part. Um, I, 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 I'm an I'm an immigrant, economic immigrant myself. I'm, I was from Zim, I stayed in the UK, Australia, and I think the challenge we have right now is we we might start losing the South African middle class. They can afford to migrate, and I think you know it's not as expensive as you think. And I think the educated middle class who have some resources are definitely going to start thinking about it. And it's not a color thing. It's simply uh, security and, and peace of mind. Um, and a lot of inquiries are coming through, and it, it, it is happening. Some of the territories that you take out in investment citizenship is because you get backdoor entry into developing markets, so they don't necessarily give you an EU passport or a U.S. passport, but they give you visa-free access or easy access into those markets. And I think that's what people are looking at, um, mm. Australia, New Zealand, etc. So... I think we need to worry about that kind of uh, brain drain starting to happen for for those who have the means. That's a major concern for me as well, because, I mean, how do I put this? If if I see all my friends and compatriots, people that I used to study with suddenly, you know, um, uh, flashing, you know, passports with, with or additional passports, let's put it that way, additional passports or residency permits, or they have the ability to move to and fro to other countries, without the need for applying for visas. Well, quite frankly, I'm not going to be left behind, not because I want to keep up with the Joneses, but because I can see that they're obviously planning for a future, um, whereas I might be stuck here and, and, and things fall apart. Because I guess the, the biggest worry and concern with it is if you wanted to sit down and take stock of your life, right? Um, whether you're at the lower end of the middle class, whether you're upper middle class or whatever other label one wants to put to it, I mean, there are so many things that you have to take into account. You can't just drop everything, jump onto a plane and go. Your kids are in school. You probably have a property that you, you, you know, that you, you have bonded. You have vehicle finance. Um, and we know that the vast majority of South Africans, including myself, by the way, we live from paycheck to paycheck. You know, <laughs> there's not vast amounts of, you know, I, I don't know. I've never met anyone that has three months worth of savings, three months worth of salary savings. Um, as, 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 as savings that they can just sort of cash in at any moment to be able to, to, to start a life afresh? I, I, think, I think, you know, the answer to that question is, you ask me what is the biggest worry, having lived through it before, mm. when the currency tanks, if the rand starts going south like a rock, that's it. Um, that's what happened in Zim. Mm. And if... if Everything else can, can, can be challenging. But if our currency starts to slide and to the point of no return, to me, that's the trigger which I believe um, should, should be the one which says, you know what, if, if you can, um, think about it. Um, right now, as I said, 4% rand movement is showing a great resilience. <laughs> um, but once you start looking at where we're losing 10, 15% on a month-to-month basis and there's no restoration, um, currencies don't go back the other way. Um, they tend to go in one direction. So to me, if I was going to say to anybody who's thinking about it, um, the, the, the reddest flag would be watch the currency. Um, and then people are willing to sell whatever they have to get out. Um, I've seen it happen. People had loans, people had lives. They, they sold and they got out. Um, because mm. when you start seeing that everything you're working for is turning, turning and evaporating before your eyes, 
um, people make that hard decision. And living abroad is difficult. It's highly challenging. There's no country better than South Africa to live, which is why people stay here. <laughs> um, trust me, they, they, it's, not, it's not as easy as you think to say, okay, I've got a UK puzzle, let me go to the UK. In the UK, there's no helpers. It's a totally different lifestyle. No, exactly. There's darkness, there's cold. You know, Australia, it's got its challenges as well. I've got a family there. So I would say the best place which mixes the best of both is South Africa. Hence why so many people choose to live here. And that, to me, is the reason why I would say I'm hanging there. But if I was to say the reddest of red flags would be if the currency um, dipped south and uh, investment started exiting. And that's that's a scary bit. Um, I mean, as you had said, I mean, you're espousing the virtues of, of the South African life. I mean, I guess <laughs> any sort of stay in SA advert contains the brief lace, uh, the big five, um, you know, our wonderful wildlife weather, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is, um, you know, life abroad, um, as someone with the benefit to have been able to travel a bit, I mean, you know, you, you won't be able to have the nice yard and the, and the nice house at the same time. You know, you're not necessarily able to um, enjoy uh, the same weather. And of course, there's a massive culture difference and, and people hear your your Sefa accent well, well. from a distance away. Mm. And, and at times, you know, y- you know, you treat it very, very differently. And that is why there well, are little not- South African communities that pop up in places like Perth, um, <laughs> you know, where... You don't have to look for that far afield. I think you know, you're drilling big Australia, New Zealand. The place you can have a very similar lifestyle to South Africa is in Africa. Mm. And African immigration is starting to happen too. Um, a lot of um, you know Africans are seeing the value of just crossing one or two borders and mm. having mm. a very similar, a very similar lifestyle, <laughs> if not a better lifestyle. So. I would say, look, there's two dimensions. There are those who think further afield, but when the heat is really hot and it's roasting, um, people don't go that far. They can even stay right here in Africa um, and, 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 and reestablish themselves. And I think, you know, the, that's the difference. There are those who choose to go far away and those who will be willing to start afresh in, in Africa. Um, there's a lot of African economies which we see great things happening in Rwanda, Kenya, um, you know, um, where there's good recovery and there's good um, opportunities to live. And you don't have a lot of the challenges you'd face in the West. So all I'm saying is, you know, from a personal perspective and, and from an advice point of view, I would say keep an eye on the rand as a currency and keep an eye on foreign investment. If, if all that investment we pride ourselves in, the big international car companies and um, all that um big international investment starts to switch off, then I would say that's really um, a significant trigger to start worrying. But at the moment, we haven't heard those sounds. We're still counting the cost, and let's pray that we can um, we can fix things. And yes, I would say those words again, we are definitely in last chance saloon. Um, as, a, as a final thought there, Mr. G, obviously our, our conversation, let's be quite honest, hasn't been the most uplifting. It's not been the most um, uh, optimistic. And, 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 and we're being realistic. I mean, obviously we're not here to give people sunshine mm. news. We're here to, to analyze the situation and speak it for what it is. But I mean, if you had to um, look at opportunities that now those gaps in the market, those, those things where people can start putting money down to be able to rebuild um, not to say that, that this is your hot tip, but what are some of the mm. things that we re- need to start thinking about 
in, in rebuilding this economy and contributing and being able to take away a little something for yourself as well in the process? I think supply chain is definitely an area for investment. As opposed to the big distribution warehouses, we might start seeing a model where you have smaller distribution nodes um, to, to de-risk because those are easier to manage and contain. So I think the, the one thing which we probably might see is that instead of having these massive, scary, big warehouses where everything happens, um, we might start seeing a bit more decentralization um, so that there's less risk associated with that one installation. So anything to do with um, supply chain, logistics, um, delivery, I think those are areas which need definite attention and um, are a rebuild. Um, I think the retail model of the big malls in, 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 in the townships might change to being much more smaller shops and almost having the suburban model um, where it's suburban shopping centers. So even retail, is, the face of retail is likely to change. So maybe looking into those kinds of spaces. Um, and I, I, I think that you know anything to do with encouraging employment and entrepreneurship um, will be an area of investment now because um, with no formal employment, one of the best ways to to create entrepreneurs is to educate and to to almost get out into those communities, teach people to, to be entrepreneurs. So if you have that skill or business ability, education will definitely be an area of importance because a lot of people who are sitting at home would rather learn new skills and be given new hope. Um, to me, those are, are probably areas where we can see some some growth. And unfortunately, the security industry. <laughs> security is going yeah. to be big. And yeah. insurance. Um, if, if anyone in South Africa has ever doubted the need for health insurance or life insurance or asset insurance, you don't need any more reminders. So those are definite areas in which you might see growth um, immediately. Um, as an aftermath of of the of the activity we've been seeing now, and I guess a lot of those industries as well then have secondary um, areas of of growth as well. I mean, I can think of the repair space, I can think of the construction space, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, because the more insurance companies you have, the more tow trucks you need, the more um, I don't know um, uh, assessors you yes. need. Yeah. Um, so there, be... there, there, there's downlines, but definitely yes. I think um, insurance goes hand in hand with security. Um, I, I, that means that there's probably growth in the advice space. Advisors will be needed to get out there. And people, when they do have their small businesses and employment uh, or, or employment, they definitely will take up the options. And um, we've learned the hard way with COVID um, for health insurance and life insurance. But definitely now, asset insurance has come into play as well. Let's let's hope Sasri can it doesn't get that bad, and they can um, play their role. Mm. Um, and essentially, if that happens, then we do have a bit of hope. Um, security company, definitely. Um, that security company then will speak into property market, where people are more likely to move more into contained estates and secure estates because um, all these things. Uh, and our question which someone would be asking and saying, you know what, perhaps it's time I, I, I resided where there's contained security because you've seen um, the states are very secure um, and people are starting to ask themselves, okay, if next time they say, let's visit houses, how vulnerable am I? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's it's definitely stuff worth thinking. Gerald, really, really I, I thank you for an honest, open conversation this evening. I think that there are... 
still some opportunities, but um, I, I think that also we, we had a hard talk and, and, and I think you've given us a lot to think about uh, because, you know, after this mess, I think it hit us quick and sudden. And as you said, um, the unfortunate thing is once you see that uh, currency doing what happened in, uh, in Zimbabwe, where it just literally tanked, where a, a round of golf became more and more expensive as you played it. Um, that means that we, we're heading for serious trouble and the potential is obviously there that we could head in that direction and no one wants that, but it's a reality of life. No, definitely. I thank you for the chat and to all South Africa, let's be positive. We can rebuild, but let's hold each other accountable and those who have done things, let's hold them accountable. We can't have this thing of um, we'll start tomorrow. No, let's start yesterday in holding each other accountable. No, no, definitely. Now, this forgive and forget nonsense needs to come to an end. It's a TV show. It's not, it's not how life should be. All the best to you, mate. Okay, thank you very much. Cheers, thanks. That was uh, Gerald uh, Mwandi Ambira. As I said, he's a financial expert, entrepreneur, author, and financial planner.